Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, I'm back. This is Joe. How you doing? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Wow. Man, I was looking at my podcast the other day and it's been over six weeks, I think, since a podcast has been released. And who knows from how long it'll be since when, when, and, until you hear this. But those of you that don't know, um, I had an open heart surgery to replace my aortic valve, what, about six weeks ago now. And crazy what's been kind of happening. And I've, if you've been on my email list, I've been emailing about it. So you've heard about it there. And I've talked a little bit about it on YouTube. But uh, man, I it's, don't, uh, if you're a podcast listener, I so appreciate you. I mean, this is how I got started in 2011. I created my first podcast episode with a good friend of mine, Alex Youngblood. And we've I've done over 1,100, 1,200 episodes since then. So I am not quitting this podcast. You cannot stop me. But, um, you know, sometimes I release uh, videos and then take the audio and release those as audio podcasts. But I've been thinking about this too. I've been thinking, I want to do just more audio podcasts just for audio podcast listeners. So I will be doing more of that in the future. I just wanted to say hi. And I wanted to tell you guys how everything's going. Hope you're doing well. I, about six, seven weeks ago, well, I'd say about four or five, six months ago, I started having heart palpitations. And my heart was actually skipping a beat or beating faster or something. And I just kind of threw it off to like, I'm drinking too much coffee, stress, I need to relax, not work so hard or whatever. And just kind of, it did get better when I stopped drinking caffeine. And I've had it for a long time, but it's just getting worse and worse. And finally, I was in a mastermind and I uh, needed to drink a lot of coffee. It was one of those masterminds. But no, no, I'm just kidding. It was good, but I was just needing a lot of coffee. And then it just got worse. And then I went on about three business trips. And some of these were really important trips. And one of them, which I'm going to be talking about in a minute, was with a good friend of mine, Jerry Norton, hanging out with him in Puerto Rico. But anyway, I was doing, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to tell my wife or I didn't want to go see a doctor because you know, I was fearing the worst would happen. And I just wanted to get some stuff done before I did all that. Well, anyway, we were in Austin, Texas on vacation with my wife and our kids, visiting some family and going to the big Kalahari water park or whatever down there. And I finally told my wife and she's like, we should call a doctor, at least call a doctor in St. Louis to schedule an appointment for when we get back. And so we did. I called them and they said, you need to go to urgent care right now. This sounds pretty serious. And I said, well, you know, I feel fine. I'm walking around and get a little dizzy. It's not a big deal. So anyway, we went to urgent care. Thank God we did. I mean, when they got there, they kind of freaked out. They're like, I can't believe you're still standing. And when they first heard my heart and they, they did an EKG on it, they, um, they, they put, what are those things called? They put in your elbows into your veins, like IVs. And they put two of them in there because they were fully expecting me to go to the emergency room, like get in an ambulance, go. But I was talking to the doctor that was there. And he's like, well, you're from St. Louis. It'd be better if you went into surgery if you were in St. Louis or else you're going to be stuck here in Texas for a month without your friends and family and all that. So I will let you go only if, he said, otherwise I'm going to handcuff you to this bed. He said, I'll only let you go if you see this cardiologist tomorrow. If he doesn't have any openings tomorrow for you to see him, then um, I'm sending you to the emergency room right now. He said, your aorta valve is really bad. It's, he named it these two things that I had, but it basically the aorta valve is your main valve that pumps blood in and out of your heart, out of your heart into the rest of your body. And there wasn't opening and closing all the way. So anyway, I saw a cardiologist the next day and he said, yeah, this is 
about worst cases you can get. I'm surprised you're still alive. So he said, I'll let you, I won't let you fly back home, but you can drive. You can go back home and drive and then just check yourself in emergency room right away. So we did. We drove home the next two days back to St. Louis. And man, I'm telling you, just really nice to have a lot of friends and family praying for us, talking to us, encouraging us. You know, we made it back home just fine. My wife is a rock. She's amazing. And uh, we went into the emergency room and, you know, after um, a couple, no, actually like six or seven, five or six hours later, we finally got a room, quote unquote, which was a bed in a hallway. Never go to the emergency room on a Friday night. My goodness. So, and then the next day I saw the doctor and they're like, yeah, this isn't good. So the next day they did a thing where they went up my arm to look at the arteries in my heart to make sure they didn't have, you know, a lot of blockages and they didn't, they looked good. So then a day later or something like that, I went into open heart. They replaced my aorta valve with a tissue valve. So it's not a from a cow flesh, but it wasn't a cow's valve. It was just tissue made from a cow's flesh, <laughs> whatever, right? So I've been recovering now for like six weeks and just started working again last, this week or last week, I forget, but just started driving a few days ago. Man, it's crazy. I've got this big old manly scar on my chest and um, proud of it. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. And so it's, I got, I could tell you a hundred other things, but I just wanted to say hi to my podcast friends and say hello. I've not forgotten you. It's been a long time since I released an episode, but I am back. And what I'm going to be doing, so I'm kind of slowly getting back into the swing of things. I, when I was in Puerto Rico, um, it's funny, if you go to my YouTube, yeah, if you go to my YouTube channel, I'm doing a lot more videos there, like really good content videos. If you go to Jerry Norton's channel, it's called Flipping Mastery. Just go to YouTube, do your search for Jerry Norton. I did a series of about seven or eight videos on a land, doing a land flipping uh, business, like buying and selling, flipping vacant land, right? And I went in deeper into this subject than I probably have ever have on any podcasts or videos before. And we gave away a ton, a ton of really good information. So what I thought I would do is while I'm kind of getting back into things, I thought I would release the six or seven or eight video episodes, take the audio out and turn them into video for the audio podcast. And I appreciate you guys, you know, being willing and patient with me as I give you audio from a video that I did. But if you want to see these videos, just go to Jerry Norton's channel and do a search for Jerry Norton, do a search for Joe McCall, and you'll see this called Land Flipping Masterclass set of videos that we did. And there should, there's been five or six that have been released so far. And there's another two or three still to come. And so just, I felt like, man, this is really, really, really good stuff. I should be s selling this stuff. I'm giving it away for free. And I want to just kind of preface this audio just to introduce the videos to you guys, because I think it'll be good. Now, in some of the videos we talk about things as we're looking at the monitor. We, we open up the computer and we were looking at different websites and pointing, moving things around and showing you how we look at properties and make offers. And I even gave away uh, some software for free that I used to come up with offers and stuff like that. So when it comes to that point, to those, to those things in the video, you know, just be patient. You can go watch the video if you want to get more information and actually see what we're talking about there. But I think you're going to get, I don't think I know, you're going to get a lot of really good info from just the audio of these videos that we did. Is that cool? All right. Uh, I hope you guys, again, I hope you don't mind me giving you audio from a video. I will be coming out more with audio podcasts again. I've already got, like, I think this week, a, a good three or four interviews lined up with other people. As I've been getting more back into things, I realize how much I love teaching and doing podcasts and YouTube videos, writing emails. And, you know, I just did a 
um, all day. No, I did, it was three three and a half hour workshop Saturday, a couple of days ago. That was about building a land business in three hours or less. And it was really fun. I just had a blast doing it and hanging out with people and talking about the business and showing them things that would work. Okay, cool. So one more thing too, before I release the audio here. One of the things we talk about is a free land flippers toolkit that I give away for free. I kind of built it for Jerry's audience and for his YouTube channel. I want to give it to you too as well. So if you go to um, joeslandkit.com, J-O-E-S-L-A-N-D-K-I-T.com, joeslandkit.com, you're going to find about seven or six or seven or eight really valuable free resources. Some of my contracts that I use, the scripts that I use, the checklists, some hacks and tricks, and some software and spreadsheets that I use to calculate, to come up with my offers and stuff like that. So go to joeslandkit.com to check that out and get it. It's free, absolutely free. All right, so enjoy the audio, guys. I appreciate you all, and I hope you're doing well, and we'll see you later. Take care. It's not that hard to get to five, 10 grand a month in passive recurring revenue from your vacant land deals. Welcome to video one in a brand new masterclass that I'm doing with Joe McCall. Joe? Hey, Jerry, really excited to do this with you. You're, you flew all the way here from St. Louis. We're sitting here in the in the gazebo office in Puerto Rico. Beautiful. We Beautiful. planned out this, uh, this entire series of videos we're gonna do all about land flipping, maybe a little bit of land investing, but we're gonna be going through A to Z in this series, start to finish, how to really do a land flipping business. And Joe, you are the expert at this. You're very good at it. You've been doing it for a long time. Uh, you teach step-by-step how to do this. So I'm excited to be here Yeah, as a fan. And okay. we're friends, right? But I love your show. I just oh, love thank you. Here. Yeah, equally. I really love that uh, you give so much to people. You've got a heart of gold. You really do care about putting out really great content and valuable information. And so we're going to try to do that again in this masterclass and really show you how to build a land flipping business and really make money at land flipping. And on this first video, we're going to focus primarily on why land over houses, why land is actually in a lot of ways easier than houses. It's this little hidden treasure because I would say, you know, 90% or whatever it is of, of real estate people, they think houses. Yeah. I did certainly when I got started and most of the content I talk about is houses. Most of the people I meet are doing houses in some way or another. A little bit, people start to venture into commercial and do other things like multifamily or self-storage. Some people move into some development, but land is like this this little niche opportunity right underneath everybody's noses, right? And nobody really thinks about it. So this is why I got into it because I have four kids, homeschool them just like you do. Yeah. And uh, I wanted them to get in the business with me. Yeah. And I've been doing houses for a long time. I did a lot of lease options. We still do them occasionally, right? And I did a lot of wholesaling for a little while. And then I wanted something that my kids could do with me, right? Because I had two teenage boys at the time. They were like 14 and 15 years mm-hmm. old. And, you know, houses, they're easy, but there's still, there's a lot of stuff you got to learn about it. Like ARV. Comping. Uh, comping properties. Comping is just comping alone is a big process. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Practice. Yeah repetition to really learn how to do it well. Well, then learning how to estimate repairs, right? And, and another animal, repairs. I, I was thinking like, how can I train my boys? My girls are young. I have two girls, two boys. How can I train them to uh, understand those kinds of nuances and the complexity of repairs and ARVs and comps? And, and then as a teenager, kid trying to talk to a seller, yeah, trying to determine their motivation, build a little <laughs> rapport, make them an offer on on a house that they've lived in for 30 years, that they have a deep emotional attachment or a lot of money tied into that, you know? And then 
trying to negotiate with them on the phone and all the tricks and how you do that. And uh, I had some friends that were doing land and I thought, I wonder if I could teach my boys how to do vacant land. So I started investing in my education, which I always say this, you know, the most important real estate you'll ever invest in is the four inches between your ears. So So I bought some courses and programs, got some coaching and went to some workshops, started learning land. The crazy thing is I learned more when I go to these workshops. I learned more from the other people that are doing deals there sometimes than I do from the speakers. So I started really digging in and other people's businesses Mm -hmm. and what they were doing. And I met this one guy who started telling me how he does it because for him, it's, it's a lifestyle business, right? So um, I started developing, doing it, and then developing these systems that I could use to automate a lot of it because mm. I didn't want my boys to have to talk to sellers. So we started doing simple direct mail, started sending people from the direct mail to voicemails, and then the voicemails would come in and my sons then, I would train them how to evaluate the land deals and then come up with offers and send the offer. So we wouldn't talk to sellers until after they got our offers at 25, 30 cents on the dollar. And then I started to figure out it's a numbers game and we would get one out of every 25 to 30 offers except. And uh, that's without ever even talking to the sellers, depending on the market that you're in. And so I started training my boys how to do this. Mm -hmm. And we started then, and then we started later getting, uh, we'll get into this, how we sell the deals. But we, within a span of a couple of years, me and my boys and the deals we did together, I was doing deals on my own, right? Yeah. We did over $150,000 in net, net, net profits. Yeah. Flipping vacant land deals in about four or five different states. Where's with your really teenagers? With my teenagers. Yeah. How it's crazy. Cool is that? So I thought, this is cool. And then I started teaching other people how to do it. It's, it's funny because I've been teaching people for a long time how to do houses. But uh, honest, like I'd get, I'd get probably two to three times the testimonials from students doing land in, mm-hmm. in terms of success than they were with houses. And we'll talk about that well, in this video. I mean, why, right? If you can get teens to be successful doing it, I mean, really can't anybody do it, yeah. right? I mean, like, for sure. That's, well, there's a lot of people that I work with that are English as a second language. Yeah. They've got a full-time job working 50, 60 hours a week. They don't have the time to, they don't want to lose their nights and weekends, right? So this is something that you could do on the side with your kids or on your own, full-time if you want, or part-time. And it just kind of automates a lot of the stuff that's still important. Like yeah. we're still doing house deals. This is just kind of like another tool in our tool belt. Well, and you mentioned some automation and some marketing and things, but t- correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I think land over houses, I would say probably the, the biggest benefit to doing land flipping over house flipping is much less competition. Is that the number one? Yeah. Benefit? Because, I mean, if you think about it right now, when it comes to houses and it comes to flipping, it's a very competitive Straddle now. It's a, you know, like it's, it's, when I first got started, flipping was kind of an obscure thing. Wholesaling for sure was like nobody even knew what that was. Now, flipping because of TV shows is like everybody know, at least understands the concept. A lot of people get into the industry and technology has allowed the data to be very mainstream, right? And we've actually facilitated this with our software PropWire, where it's free. We're going to be talking about which we'll, we'll talk about. It. I love PropWire. It's really cool, but the data now is available for everyone, yeah. really. And now it's really what separates the successful from the not successful is really just people that are willing to apply, yeah, put put in the effort. Yeah. But land becomes this thing that just not that many people are doing. Well, it, it's getting yeah. So let me tell you that. Like I've always loved direct mail. Right, mm-hmm. it's my favorite channel because you can target the homes that you want, the sellers that you want, in the areas that you want. And then when they respond to a postcard, chances of you need fewer of those leads than you do with other kinds of leads. So I've always loved direct mail. But when I was getting started, when we first met, you know, I, it was 
it was normal to get three to five percent response rates on, on direct mail. On direct, yeah. Meaning, oh, meaning, if you, when you mail out, three to five percent will pick up the phone and call. Yeah, yeah. Now with direct mail for houses anymore, you're lucky if you get half of one percent. Yeah, half one of one percent is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I started doing direct mail for land, and I'm getting three to four times the response rates. Now we're doing cold calling for land. And, you know, where our VAs before, when they do our cold calling for us, before they would get one lead, maybe two out of four or five hours of cold mm-hmm. calling. Now we're getting six, seven, eight, sometimes more leads per four or five hour window of cold. So that's just showing that there's much less competition. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest reason why land is better in a lot of ways. And by the way, we're not knocking houses. Like houses, you can make, there's, there's a lot of advantages to houses that land doesn't have. Yeah. But we can get into that later. If you mm-hmm. But like the, one of the biggest reasons why I like land so much is the seller is not as emotionally attached mm-hmm. to that vacant lot, right? So it's not like they have a thou- hundreds of thousands of dollars of their money into it. It's not like they've been living there for 20 years. A lot of the land we buy, you know, they bought it six, seven years ago. They've not used it. Maybe their husband bought it 20 years ago. Probably 90% of it is 100% equity, meaning people yeah, don't finance no, land. There's no right? debt on it. Yeah, there's no debt on it. What I, what I, the way I like to look at land from all the land deals that I've done is what I've, what I've noticed with sellers is they've already, they've already gone through the, what I call the emotional write-off of yeah. their investment. And what I mean by that is most of the time they've owned that land for a while. Whatever they spent when they bought it, they've now emotionally written that off. Meaning they're not like, man, I, I bought this piece of land for 10 grand. I'd really like to make a 12% return on my money or I'd really like to double my money. It's like, I bought this land. I haven't used it. I haven't done anything with it. I had plans or maybe we go out there once in a while and go fishing or whatever, ride the four wheelers uh, or it depends on what it is. Maybe I bought it because I thought it was an up and coming area or I was going to build on it and flip or whatever the reasons. We'll talk about the different type of land investors or land use. But now as time's gone by, in their mind, they're like, you know, I'm not trying to get a gain. I would just like to maybe get it out of my life, stop paying property taxes, get some cash back in my pocket. So then so then now there's not this motivation to make a return. It's more like I'm just tired of it, want to get rid of it. Houses you get attached to because it has immediate inherent value, right? Like uh, this was, we could rent it or we could fix it and flip it. I so grew up in it. All the things, right? And so there's just a much different attachment yeah. to land than houses. Well, which is why we buy our properties at 25, 35 cents on the dollar, right? Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, there's still a high demand for these vacant lots mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere either. So there's, there's lots that are out in the middle of nowhere or there's infill lots where people build homes. So there's still as high, there's a high demand. Now, one of the advantages to houses is that there's, there's even a higher demand for houses. Like there's always going to be people that are looking for houses to buy. Yeah. Uh, but with vacant land, there's still a really, really high demand from people that are just like, you know, they want a place so they can go camping, ride their four-wheelers, go hunting. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are buying land for investment purposes, right? God's not making any more of it. Some of the wealthiest people in the world are the largest private landowners in the U.S., mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, some of the largest private landowners. Yeah, land banking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's called land banking, where people will just buy land to park their money, Yeah, to let it sit. They're thinking that that's going to go up in value, which land is, right? Yeah, the land bankers really like uh, maybe like the right outside of town, in the corridor where growth is sort of pushing. You'll find a lot of land banking investors because they're thinking, you know, they're, they're developing this area. If I sit on this for five years or 10 years, they're going to be putting a Walmart and shopping and this yeah. land's going to go up in value. 
So you have that type of investor. So some properties you look at, you're like, okay, well, what's the ideal use of this? Maybe it's a land bank type of buyer. Uh, you have what I do quite a bit of, which is which is spec flipping. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to buy an infill lot in, an up, in a hot area, not an up and coming, but a, it's hot, meaning there's lots of building and flipping going on. In those areas, you'll see teardowns happening. Most of those deals I do will buy an old house, tear it down, build a new house. Those are infill lots for flippers that want to build new construction. So we call them infill lots because it's just a lot in, a, in an area, you know, house, 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 vacant lot, like yeah. that type of thing. So you have that person, the, the land banker, you have the, like the mini ranch or the recreational. Well, those are most of my deals, right? Like recreational, recreational buyers. Um, so these are just like, there's, no, there's nothing out there. Usually there's no power, there's no water or septic. No HOAs, so there's no restrictions. No restrictions, no HOA, property taxes are $100 a year, whatever, super cheap. And people will buy this five or 10 acre parcel to go park their RV, to take their four-wheelers, to shoot their guns. Just get off the grid. Yeah, it's just a Saturday activity or, you know, like I think of those as like like a mini ranch. Sometimes they'll park like a tiny home on it or something. Those, those deals are best to sell with owner finance. Right, because banks Definitely. don't lend on those properties out there. And right? people will put money down and, and make a payment off. Oh, it's crazy. For every one buyer we get that wants to pay cash, we get four or five buyers that call us yeah. wanting to do owner financing. It's not that hard to get to five, 10 grand a month in passive recurring revenue yep. from your vacant land deals. Because a lot of these guys that want to buy property to just you know have fun on, they don't want to spend 10, 20 grand. But if they could pay maybe a thousand down, a few hundred a month, Mm-hmm. You just do one or two of those a month when you're selling those deals like that. Um, you can get to your monthly cash, cash of, a passive cash flow pretty quickly. And it's very, very passive. There's yeah. no maintenance, repairs that you have to do. There's none of the typical landlord headaches. Mm-hmm. You're selling land on, on owner financing. So it's a great, you could even buy land on owner financing. Yeah. And we'll sell talk it on about that. financing. Yeah. Right? So because you have so much flexibility, I, I, I buy most of my land deals I buy with terms on creative financing because yeah. it's, they're so open to it because they've, again, they've been sitting on it forever. They're willing to be creative more than on houses, yeah. for sure. The other, the other, I think the other type of land would be like development. Mm-hmm. So this is your bigger parcels and- Where you go and you subdivide it or you mm-hmm. do entitlements. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a project right now. I'd love to, maybe one of these videos will share. It's in Tennessee and I bought it. It was 45 acres and we could subdivide it into, I think, nine lots. So like the smallest lots are five acre. We have seven, five acres, a nine and an 11. And we were able to do it without going through any of the zoning. So it was literally just pencil it out, get your survey done and we'll approve it because it was, it wasn't, it didn't yeah. meet the density, it met the density. Yeah. So anyway, it was super easy to do. And See, we, people think that's intimidating. Yeah, but it's actually not. It's 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 very we, easy to do. So we've got costs. We had to clear some land. We had to put a gravel road in so you could get there. I'm paying 15 grand to bring power. Uh, what else are we doing? 15 grand for the survey. But all said and done, I'm going to have these nine lots, and the five acre lots are going to sell for 80 grand, like like fast sales. Like I'm pricing these aggressive. This whole deal, turning this whole deal, should be a five hundred thousand dollar deal. Nice. And I'd love to go through all the numbers if we get some time. But the point is, is we found that on PropWire too, which is really cool. But my point with that is um, I invested. So I, I paid cash, got a phenomenal deal on the, on the total piece. Now I'm spending money on doing these value adds, mm-hmm. but then I'm going to flip each of these parcels and make a ton of money. And this is a deal that's like, nobody's looking at this. Nobody's thinking about, oh, I'm going to buy 45 acres in Sweetwater, Tennessee, yeah. you know, and, and do these improvements and flip this. It's just totally under the radar. 
Yeah. You know, it's so it's a lot, it's so much fun to be able to recognize and put together a land deal that no one else is even looking at. Yeah. What the uh some of the hottest markets right now are in little pockets of the United States that you'd never think of. It's not the Nashvilles, the Denvers, the San Diegos, you know. Um, there's areas, pockets in the, around the country where a lot of um, land is being bought and sold, and you can go in really quickly and easily and find where these areas are mm-hmm. with software and tools today mm-hmm. and find out who the buyers are, what they're buying. And then you realize, okay, this is what, well, you know, who they, who they are, what they're buying, and you can go find those deals for them. It's wholesaling 101. Reverse engineer. Reverse engineer. Yeah. Go find the sellers that have owned property for over 10 years and uh, that don't live in that area. Send them marketing postcards or cold call them and just make a lot of offers. So it's, you know, going back to what we originally started with, I, I think there's still a place for houses. You can still do a lot of houses, but land is so much easier because there's less competition. The sellers are more motivated. On, they're more detached from the property. Yeah. And analysis is easier. It's easy. Well, yeah, in some ways, depending on, mm-hmm. on where you go, but like, it's easy to come up with offers. Basically, yeah. I just look at what, what can I sell it for? And I make an offer at 25 to 35% of that. Yeah. Do you guys follow that? So let's, so let me kind of make sure this is really clear. This is wholesaling 101, right? So it's yeah. understand your buyer. So when you, when you look at any type of flipping, you want to know, okay, well, what's the end buyer wanting, doing, why, who are they? What are they looking for? What are they paying? When you understand that first, now you're like, okay, well, great. Now I just got to go find sellers who have owned land for a long time, probably motivated, not doing anything with it. I know who a buyer is and what they'll pay. Now I'm going to go make low offers to sellers. When I get that low offer accepted, I know who I'm taking my deal to. I understand the market enough to take that deal I bought at 20, 30 cents to a buyer that's looking for that type of land. Yeah. And that's, that's wholesaling in, in essence, right? You're matchmaking between sellers and buyers. Yeah. And you're buying these deals for five, 10 grand. You could do that on a credit card if you wanted. I you, love that part too. Or where, how do you do that with houses? You got to get hard money or you got to do straight assignments. Well, how, and how we, we use private money on a lot of our yeah. cars, right? And uh, when I can borrow private money uh, at loan to value of 50%, it's easy mm-hmm. to find money, right? Because yeah. they're so protected. We use title companies. They're in first position. So we can buy these deals. And you can also assign them. You can double Yeah, you can close. assign them. Yeah. Well, I have a student right now who's assigning everything out in California. So they're getting these land, these lots under contract to buy with three months. They're listing them on the MLS. They get the yeah. seller to sign a power of attorney. Kind of like, like a novation. Kind of, sort of, yeah, yeah, real simple. They, they, they list it on the MLS and they assign these deals mm-hmm. for an average of $12,000 assignment fees. In the desert in California. Yeah. Right? So you just find the demand. Where are people buying properties right now? Yeah. And then you find the people that own that what they want. You contact them, make a bunch of offers. One out of every 20 to 30 gets accepted. And you just turn around and you, you, you hand these deals over to your buyers. Yeah. Love it. That's the simple. So in the, in, in the series, we'll break this down in more detail. But we really hope you're excited about this whole masterclass we're doing on land. Really hope that you're, you're it's kind of going to open your mind to different ways of looking at making money in real estate. Uh, f- to me, flipping is flipping. So I always look at flipping like, okay, well, what are the best opportunities in the marketplace right now, yeah. right, given, given this time? Because that shifts quite a bit. And whenever you can find a competitive advantage in the marketplace, that's a door that's opening for you. And I, I like to be, I don't like to identify as you know, a flipper or a rehabber or a wholesaler or a buy and holder or any of those things, I like to identify as an opportunist. And an opportunist means that you're, you're open and willing to see the, see the market and where the best opportunities are. 
And if you can have that mindset, I think when those doors open and you're willing to take a step into that door, you just have tremendous yeah. success in, in this business. So I think we're going to, this is video one here. So stay tuned, be on the lookout. We're going to put a link to the playlist so that you can watch these all depending on when you come into this series, since we're putting this here on the YouTube channel. And guys, uh, Joe is really taking this entire strategy of flipping and made it into a process that you can learn, follow step-by-step. Step. We're going to be breaking it down in this series, but he's put together this really cool toolkit, which has all these resources that can really help you get like your first land deal, you know, in as little as 30 days. So yeah. you come in, use these resources. Maybe you could share a little bit about what's in this. It's free, by the way, yeah. it's free, totally free. I told Joe, I said, Joe, if you're going to come on the channel, we'd love to give away lots of valuable stuff for free. Oh, so isn't, this guy the best? <laughs> isn't this guy the best? Like you go into your, you know, the description of his YouTube videos and he's giving like away 50 different free things. <laughs> so I stole some yeah. of his ideas and I came up with, I called the Land Flippers Toolkit. Tell us about and, it. Well, I got about nine things in there and I don't have oh. a list of what's in it right now, but I got things like how to find the best markets, the scripts to use with realtors, mm. how to find the buyers. My contracts are in there. I have uh, regular purchase and sale agreements, option contracts. I've got a bunch of really cool tools and resources completely free. The link free. will be in the description down below. Yeah. I want you guys to thank tell you me. for putting that together. Oh, That's amazing. I, I want your I want you guys to tell me in the comments who gives be away better. This <laughs> whose toolkit is better? Jerry's toolkit or my toolkit? I, so my my goal is to make mine better than Jerry's. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you again so much for putting that together, guys. That link's below. Get that. If you're serious about land, get that resource. Oh, it's going to be a game changer. Can I add one more thing? Yeah, it's not in there, but I will. How about that calculator, that software that I have? Can I add it into that? Yeah. Would that be all right? For sure. All right. You're the one giving the cool free stuff away. <laughs> we were talking about maybe doing two or three different things, but let's okay. just do one. Let's add it in there. And I'll, I have the software that will help you analyze land deals and come up with a cash offer and an owner financing offer, and then give you a, a, it'll fill out the contracts and the forms for you. And it will even give you like a letter and an email that you can send to the sellers. That is really cool. So it's an automated offer yeah. tool. It's Guys, I mean, like, so how much easier it gets than that. Who's got the better kit? You guys tell like in the comments. You might've beat me out with this one. Yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Joe. Guys, leave a comment, let us know questions you have. We'll try to make sure we follow that and answer that and be on the lookout for video two in this masterclass series with Joe McCall. We'll see you on the next video.